Blog Talk Radio. This week's Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash Dungeon Crawlers Radio to start your free trial membership. Broadcasting live from the PCR studio. The Emperor has been expecting you. Where Geekishik and Pandemonium reign supreme. Come to the coach and get together and have a few laughs. Your host will discuss everything you need to know about the world of Geek. Oh, yeah! So grab your staff, throw on your cape, and roll your 20-sided die. Because it's time for... Dungeon Crawlers Radio. You're there it is. dead. Well, I died. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. Uh, I can't remember which which game it was, but that was like that was its, its game over scene. It wasn't yeah. game over. It was flat out. You're dead. Oh, it was. Uh, oh crap. That's a great name for Missile a... Command. Yeah. 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 All right. It was your your dead. It wasn't game over. It was your dead. And it was like, you know, that's because that that whole fear, the the whole premise of that game was nuclear warfare strikes the Bay Area. Nice. Which had <laughs> I known that was the premise, I would have just let the moms drop. No, I love the Bay Area. You're a beautiful town. You're wonderful people. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, welcome Division. to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Yes, last week was a very odd show. Well, last week, yeah. last week we were being powered by our, our uh, bandwidth was being provided by a hamster. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So that's pretty that squeaking noise you heard. Yeah, so so we we do apologize. Uh, we we tried to run a show live from LTOE while work out so while well. doing panels, having a, a sick intern, having uh, Flagoon and Joe take off for a panel in the middle of the show. And then having technical difficulties with equipment, it, it, yeah. Yeah, we were also we were also trying to do something new. We we're trying to you know actually let let you guys actually see what we look like. Yes. You, you know what we look like since yeah. we do the videos and what you missed. But actually see us do the show because yeah. I I like to talk with my hands a lot. Yes. So, you know, we were we were hoping to get that aspect in there. And no, that does not mean obscene gestures. No. All right. So uh, with that said, tonight as I, sh- as I flip off the invisible yeah. camera, tonight's show is going to be a little different it's gonna, than we're used to uh, because of how it's been set up. The interview is going to be at the end, the last hour of the show. Uh, we have one of our guests uh, arrange it because they have something going on right now. So we're going to do things flipped. We're going to do geek news, uh, epic showdown, and then we're going to do uh, gamer forge, and then. We'll do our break and then come in with the interview. Yeah. So, a little different uh, than what we're used but to. But you know what we shouldn't do differently, though? What? Introduce ourselves. Nope. Okay. This well, is we've already done it differently. We haven't done it yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's, yes. it's a guy named Joe here laughing. This is Lord Flagoon. This is Chris the intern. Yeah, you, you don't have Firebird. Sadly, Firebird is not with us today. No, no, no. To, uh, to have uh, piped in before Chris. Yes, yeah, so she is... Currently, 
what she's running out of the doctor. That's what we uh, say when she's not with yeah. us. Yeah, she's actually yeah. she's actually hanging out with the new doctor. She gets to meet uh, meet Peter Capaldi doctor uh, before everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Lucky for her. Yeah, who knows what what sort of the rest of us have to wait till November. What the hell, man? I know. That long? I feel so dipped. Yeah, I know. Right? Doesn't that suck? <laughs> so, um, before we go anywhere, though, yeah, because we didn't announce it last week, the epic showdown between Han Solo and Malcolm Reynolds went an extra week. Well, as it needed to be, because that was an epic fight. I can't tell you the number of people that said, this one is way too hard. It's too close of a call. It is. Like, I, I had a really bad, hard time, like, you know, trying to justify, mm-hmm. you know, Malcolm winning. I love Malcolm Reynolds, I, but I also, I love, I love Han Solo. Mm-hmm. So it, it was really hard for me. That Harrison Ford. I know. Yeah, he's the, the young Harrison so, Ford. I, I haven't Harrison really, Ford at any age. I haven't really. Too dreamy. I, what has he, he hasn't done much in the. He did Ender's Game. Doesn't have to. Yeah. I, I haven't seen Ender's Game, though. Oh. Yeah. The last yeah. thing, last thing he I did, saw he did, he did uh, the movie Paranoia with Gary Oldman. That one is a really good movie. You would like it. I didn't see that one. Yeah. I, I, I had Oldman. to, I had to avoid that one because of its title, and it was probably going to like make me want to, you know, start wearing my no, tinfoil hat again. It was a, re- <laughs> a really good one. So, um, what do you mean by again? I thought you were still wearing it. Yeah. Oh no, I've I've stopped. Okay. I've. Oh. But but who won? So we did get some traction on Facebook. But then people started emailing, and that's where it really started coming in as far as the votes. Uh, so uh, this is this is one of the tough one. But amazingly enough, we got some good numbers coming in. So uh, Malcolm Reynolds came in with seventy-eight votes, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Okay. Han Solo came in with eighty votes. Two Ooh. points. He won by two points. Two points. That's it. Barely. Two wow. points. So, like I said, this was a really close battle. I mean, it was it was it, one moment Malcolm was up, then Solo, and then Malcolm. I mean, it was back and forth. Ah. But it ended up a two vote difference. Okay. That was it. Well, that was that was a, that's a good that was a good fight. Yeah. So that Han Solo than the, uh, Super Bowl. is the winner of the epic showdown. Yay! Uh, we, we, we don't oh have wow, music. that is close though. No, we need yeah, we need some sh- we need some music. Some fanfare. We need some some fanfare, some craziness. I, I'd say the 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 uh, the victory song for Final Fantasy, but I I'm pretty sure that's copyrighted. Bum, 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 bum. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I can't yeah, do and it's also kind of done. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's been. Ooh, change it to dun 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 dun. dun. Well, no, so we, so no, we should be, no, we should be using, the, we yeah, should be using the, 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 that weird uh, trumpet music from Benny Hill. Yeah. <laughs> no, we got to do that while we're doing the, the actual debate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Wacky facts. Good. Yes. Wacky facts. So uh, for those of you news, well, we'll, we'll cover geek news here in a second, but a couple things. Uh, if you are in the Utah area, Salt Lake Valley, Utah County, and you want to experience something really cool. Uh, next Friday, February 28th, for 24 hours, uh, we, Dungeon Crawlers Radio, as well as uh, Told Dental Administrators, is putting together a 24-hour game-a-thon. Uh, what that means is here at Epic Puzzles and Games, starting at 7 o'clock Friday night, we will be running games and doing games for 24 hours. We will have That's special guests. Day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
That's not like that's not like a few hours. That's all no. yeah. day long. We're gonna have special guests like Brandon Sanderson, Larry Correa, Howard Taylor, Paul Janes, Dave Butler, uh, Wow, at Craig Nibo. Now you're gonna be able to you're gonna be able to you're gonna have to spend some money, you know, and all proceeds go to Junior Achievements. And this is a but it's for a good cause. It is. This is a cause that actually goes out and teaches kids. Um, business and economics and stuff like that. So it's a really good cause. They go out to Title I schools, and and it's great. So you will be expected to pay a little bit of money, but you can buy a seat to sit down and play a game against Brandon Sanderson or Howard Taylor, Larry Correa. Larry Correa is actually going to be running a special uh, Iron Kingdoms game. You know what I should do? Yeah. I should actually put one of my, uh, put a magic deck together mm-hmm. and play it up against uh, Brandon should. Sanderson. You should. And see if if I can beat my record for shortest game played. Awesome. Uh, Paul Janest oh. is running a, a D&D game. Uh, Howard Taylor is going to be running a game. Not sure exactly what it is, but uh, just keep, there is a, uh, a Facebook event out there. Look into that, uh, as well as there will be more information coming out. But best of all, you'll be able to play with us, too. Yeah, we'll be there. Um, it's going to oh, be exciting. Dude, be kind of we crazy. are actually going to be, be running of... a special Firefly game oh, yeah. with Larry Korea. So this is this is what I'm thinking is going to be kind of be, be crazy. Uh-huh. So since we're doing, they're doing all sorts of like, you know, you know tabletop, um, oh, role-playing yeah. role games. They keep on pulling us aside since we are the Gamer Forge oh. to settle disputes. We could. We could be we could be like judges. Yeah. Um, you know, Sweet. Not only are they going to be there, there's going to be uh, a Magic the Gathering mm-hmm. modern tournament. There's going to be a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament. There's going to be two Game of Thrones tournaments. There's going to be uh, I mean, there's going to be several Magic tournaments uh, as well as yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh. And they're going to be drafting pretty much all night throughout the night, uh, which will be great. Uh, Saturday, Big Shiny Robot's going to join us and run a video game tournament. Ooh. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, there is tons of stuff going on. There is going to be a cosplay contest going on. There is going to be cash prizes, as well as a raffle going on throughout this entire time to win really cool prizes. So check it out. Yeah. So, well, Unfortunately, we can't win any of them. Yeah, we're kind of disqualified by yes. default. Which is, you know, but I mean, we're, we're participating. So there we're you doing go. stuff. Yes. Yeah, we're doing good things. We're going to be here. This is, so, it's for the children. Yeah, so just uh, you can't you can't not do for a link to the, And some of us might be sleeping here, so uh, so just look for a link on our webpage. Gender yeah, there's gonna be a link on our on our page, Facebook or look page. Or the guy drooling on the floor. Yes, yes, that yes. may be Revan. Just just don't steal his wallet. Revan is well, required if, to if be here do, for all 24 take, hours. Take the money, and you know leave the wallet behind. I have no money in my wallet. I'm safe. Okay, then just take the credit card. You should. You should I don't own credit cards. Okay, you're just gonna take his uh, take his ID, steal his identity. <laughs> All right, <laughs> no good, anyways. Yeah. All right. Dungeon Crawlers Radio does not condone the uh, thoughts or opinions of, of Lord Lego. Do not <laughs> replicate or do. I love what the fact that he's automatically do. doing that for himself now. <laughs> well, I figured I might as well do it. You just might as well record it, and we just have a button from now on. <laughs> the Flagoon PSA. <laughs> yes. We just automatically play. Uh, Sweet. Uh, I think I just start just running my mouth on everything. We do not condone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thoughts and opinion of Lord Flagoon are, yeah. are not always represent. Are not always. Do not represent the thoughts and opinions. Do not of always Trump. represent the thoughts in the beginning. Yes. Sometimes I will say something that everybody does agree on. Yes. So check that out. That's going to be a, a great thing. Uh, there's going to be more stuff to come. You know, Fan X is coming up in April. 
Gen Con in August, uh, Comic Con again coming in September. There's going to be a lot of great stuff coming up. We got a lot of great uh, shows coming your way. So let's uh, let's jump into geek news. Who has geek news? I do. Uh, I've got some. Ooh. All right. I do too. Joe, you want me you're to first. Start? Really? Yes. You want me to start? I you don't want to start? Chris had one. Let, let's let, let, start let. with the intern. Yeah, that, start with intern. Are you in a cave this week? I don't know where no, he, he is. No, he doesn't sound like he's in a cave. He actually sounds like he's in the light. He's in the light? Uh, I've light. gotten close to it. Yeah. Uh, so or at least he's at the entrance of the cave. Oh, you know what it is? It, he's what? gotten so used to being in the dark that now he has to acclimate himself, kind of like Dritz had to do at yeah. the beginning of uh, Soldier. Yeah. So he's he's actually like he sits for five minutes at a time oh, to I watch see. the sunrise. Yeah. So he's waiting for the sun to go yeah. down so he he can yeah. exit the cave. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Makes sense. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So for my news, uh, I got sad news for gamers. The uh, Creators of the game Bioshock Infinite, the Irrational Games, had uh, closed their doors and fired almost everybody on the February 18th. Oh. Yeah, so what happened is one of the co-founders, Ken Levine, um, has decided to go and start working with another studio instead to do smaller productions instead of the uh, high-cost uh, of games like Bioshock and gave the reins over to 2K Games. So, yeah, Bioshock is now in the hands of other people. Oh. Ouch. That's really That's... sad, too, because, like, 2K uh, was responsible for the abortion that was Bioshock 2. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, and Kevin Levine was responsible for the magnum opus that was Bioshock the original. So. Mm-hmm. And Static Shock. And, 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 uh, and Infinite as well, mm-hmm. which those were both just fabulous games. And it's really sad to see uh, uh, Kevin Levine. Well, it's nice to see Kevin Levine you know, still going someplace else. Well, he's going to take two. Okay. okay, so so it's not so it's not a nobody small. Yeah, it's, it's still small, it's, okay. but it's not tiny. No, <laughs> it's yeah. just kind of sad to see Infinity Ward leaving us after they've given us such joy and happiness. <laughs> but it's okay; he's going to do it in other places. Yeah. So okay. Hopefully, his next efforts will be up to par with uh, his previous efforts. Well, he he wants to focus on making highly replayable, narrative-driven games. You know, like we used to get. Like back in the day when I was a kid, <laughs> when they came on these weird cassette no, no. things. No, no, those ones weren't actually story-driven. Those were um, crazy-driven. Because oh, they okay. drive you crazy because of how hard they are. So, so, so in other words, the uh, the backcoding of Cthulhu is intertwined within everything in this game. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So subliminally, so Cthulhu's message is coming at you while you're playing the game. So anything that was made... Uh, for the NES. 98. Okay. Those, those, are the, those are the games that just drove everybody mad because they were just so damn hard. Okay. okay. I, I didn't find them that hard. Some of them were. Well, except for Castlevania 2. That made no Ooh. sense. Nobody, nah, that was, that was painful. Night yeah, that coming. was the real difficulty, figuring out just what the crap you were doing. Yeah. What is, what is with this town? Why am I, why, some things hurt me, some things don't. I have night, other geek things. Night comes and right. everything goes to So hell. let's go to somebody else and then come back to me. Okay. Okie dokie. Right. Um, I guess since we're going, uh, in, uh, we're going up the chain now, I guess it's my turn. Okay. So um, does reading, uh, do, do, do your kids, reading to your kids, 
it's a great thing to do, but it is just so painful to have to read through such horrible stories. You know, nobody cares about Goodbye Moon or Everybody Poos. So, a... Uh, That's classical literature there. <laughs> uh, so, a uh, gentleman with uh, Pixar, uh, during his free time, he does, he's uh, the guy responsible for doing the storyboards, uh, did uh, wrote a little uh, kids book called uh, uh, it, it's a children's quote unquote children's book uh, called uh, oh, oh crap I've lost completely um, I have completely I I'm working on like two seconds of sleep today <laughs> it's called Blizzard has lost his oh, train of thought all right it's movies movies are fun and these are actually scenes from rated R movies drawn in a Happy little light to <laughs> like a golden like a book. like a golden lion book, <laughs> and there there's some that are that that it, there's that they've posted some uh, some of the things. So <laughs> some of the some of the little scenes you'll be getting is be like uh, uh, the alien uh, bursting out of uh, uh, Kane's uh, chest, and it's it's very delightfully drawn. Or uh, there's uh, there's a few other ones that are really nice. Let me uh, pull another one up. Here up, uh, so uh, we've got uh, Clockwork Orange, and uh, it's a little quote. It just says, you know, this would sharpen up, uh, sharpen you up, and make you ready for a bit of the old ultraviolence. You know, <laughs> family-friendly, happy things from rated R movies that you would feel happy to read, and your kids should be marginally um, innocent marginally. enough to like not one. get exactly what it is they're looking at. Uh, there's <laughs> There are a few ones that are a little on the explicit side. Like, there's a scene from Driver where the uh, uh, the guy's driving a na- uh, nail into a guy's eyeball, but it's far enough away that you shouldn't be able to see it. And then, but if you've uh, seen the movie, you know exactly what he's doing. Yes, and then uh, then of course there's uh, there's uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character, and uh, there, there's the the famous scene, what scene from uh, Pulp Fiction, yeah. and you know, say what again. Jules uh, says, "Jules, I dare you. I double dare you." See, and they also they cut out the swearing. Yeah. So it, it's good for all, kids. All children friendly. Yeah. Safe for work. So, and it's actually available for pre-release on Amazon. So, go to Amazon and, and find it. Get it because movies are fun. Movies by are Josh fun. Coley. By Josh Coley, is that what it says? Yeah, I believe okay. so. I remember. I, I read about this over the weekend, so and had a good laugh. It was good. Hey, I, I like it. So I might uh, get it myself. So uh, over the weekend, the big news in uh, the entertainment industry, um, actress Ellen Page came out of the closet. That was pre- that was pretty big thing. Good honor, I'd say. Not surprised. So, yeah, no, I mean, it, I'm, not, I'm not surprised either way. But I'm just like, cool. That's awesome. That's good. You know, good honor. But during a uh, 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 during the reporting, and I believe in the uh, in the England Post. Um, a British newspaper, it actually misquoted as saying um, that Sir Patrick Stewart was also out of the closet, which, oh, turned, yeah. which turned out to not be the case. So he immediately hit Twitter afterwards and, you know, it explained <laughs> that that really was not the case. And, you know, going so far as to say that one of his favorite things is to hang out with his bros and have beer and chicken wings and watch football. <laughs> so I guess somebody read into those uh, those pictures of him gallivanting around with uh, Sir Ian, or, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it, it just kind of made somebody. Oh well, I guess Patrick Stewart's also out of the closet. Yeah. 
But uh, you know, uh, Sir Patrick's been—he uh, actually married his longtime girlfriend last summer. Uh, yeah, which yeah, was that was that was why he missed out on. Uh, that's why Jonathan Franks missed out on. Yeah, that's why Jonathan Comic-Con. Franks yeah. missed out on Salt Lake Comic Con last year was because he, he was there. Was there. Now this is kind of humor since we talk. We're talking about uh, Patrick uh, uh, Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. Is uh, so it's been twenty years since the end of of uh, Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah. And this has actually that been long. kind of circulating now, and they showed pictures from the last episode, which supposedly happens 20 years in the future. Yeah. And they show uh, Patrick Stewart, and he's just, like, old and fuddled, and he's got freaking wrinkles all over the place. Yeah. And he just he looks like he's about a 1,000 years old. Now they show pictures of him now. <laughs> he looks younger <laughs> now than he did 20 years ago as Jean-Luc Picard. Well, that's because he ages backwards. <laughs> I, I think so. The curious case yeah. of Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> the curious case of Patrick Stewart. <laughs> yeah, he goes backwards. Make it so. <laughs> I go backwards. <laughs> so there you go. A little bit of humor and some good news on that one. All right. Okay, so... Um, Everyone's kind of spoken out and voiced their opinion on Ben Affleck as uh, Batman. Yeah. So uh, recently, uh, Seth Green was on the Larry King show, and he he threw out his two bits. Uh, pretty much, this is I, I'm going to read what he he said. You got to remember that at the core of the character, Batman's a crazy person. He has no powers. He's rich. Uh, he he is a rich, screwed up kid whose parents were killed in front of him. It's very true. Yeah. Very screwed up. You need a, let's uh, see, uh, this is supposed to be a grizzled and weathered Batman who's been living in Gotham, fighting crime himself for 10 years. You need a guy who's older, you need a guy who's got more weight, you need a guy that Henry Calville as Superman is actually going uh, to be scared of. He said, and there's only so much you can, or only so much that you can act a role before people are or are not going to believe you in that role. He's like, I'm never going to play an, um, you know, an MA, MMA fighter because I'd step into the ring with an actual MMA fighter and and it just wouldn't look correct. Yeah. He's like, and that's exactly what Ben Affleck is stepping into this role. He's just, it doesn't look right. So, and, and he's a huge time geek, you know, Seth. Yeah. Seth Green is so. But I don't know. But see, that sort of credential doesn't necessarily make his argument correct. true. It doesn't. Um, and they've also released sketches of what the new suit looks like, and it almost looks like Owlman, to be honest. I mean, it, it's just not really cool. Uh, there's a Owl picture man. of it. Oh wow, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's very. Give him a uh, pair of goggles, and he'd be the, he could be the Night Owl. Yeah, yeah. Be Night Owl too. Yeah. yeah. So well, Night uh, Owl three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know, that's just Seth Green's uh, perspective at it. You know, everyone has their own. Everybody has their own two cents. All right. Everyone's throwing it in. Let's, uh, yeah, let's... I can certainly respect the opinion, but it's like, yeah, but it doesn't like give them extra validity. No, it doesn't. So, so uh, let's because uh, we're running out of time. Already. Oh, uh, sad. Let's uh, let's do one more and then see if we have to cut okay. anything. So, uh, go ahead, Chris. Okay, so the last thing I was going to say is that uh, Nike has done it. Nike has brought us into Back to the Future. We have power laces? We have, power we have self-tying power laces that will be coming out next year. What? And yeah! they're what? actually the Nike Mag High Tops from <laughs> Back to the Future 2. How do we get review copies? <laughs> yes. I'm not sure, but I want them. That is your job now, to get four <laughs> pairs of review copies. Dear Nike. 
Oh, wow. We are a geek radio show, and we would love to review a copy of... We would wear them to every interview, and we would specially show that we are wearing these shoes. Oh, yes, we would. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. I would do it. Do you know how often I just be sitting? Look at this. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> Auto laces. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes 4D batteries, but hey. <laughs> That's awesome. 4D batteries. Why do you have that huge lump on the back of your shoe? Oh, it's just a battery pack. Yeah, Don't worry about it. It's going to be charged every three hours, but, you know, it's worth it to be able to do this. Zink. <laughs> Yeah, the the shoes themselves are actually kind of heavy. They're like they yeah. they add an extra two pounds. But <laughs> you know what? You know, or maybe maybe you get that special design thin lithium battery. So they put it in the sole and they say, "Do not puncture the sole, otherwise you will explode." Step on a sharp rock. Boom. Well, I, I I used to do technical training, and I went to a company that makes those lithium lithium yeah. ion batteries, and they can make them really thin. But as they're being used, they heat up. I mean, if you've had a, ever had a cell phone in your hand yeah. and you use it a lot, you can tell that it heats up. Problem is, that is a bomb. If it ever gets punctured, it will explode. I mean, and this guy, his job all day was to make these batteries explode. And there was one as thin as a credit card. And he punctured it, and it blew up three feet of cinder block. Nice. Can you imagine that in your pocket? Yes, actually. You're dead. Yeah, you're pretty, if you're a goner. Mental imagine, note for future. I imagine mean, that in your shoe. <laughs> and that oh, get, awesome. gives a whole new meaning you, you to know, Mario Jumpy. The more, jump we, the more we talk that. about this, the more it's going to justify the FAA making us fly without shoes on anymore. Yeah, okay, we should shut up. Okay. We should probably not talking. All right. Yeah. So next, let's go. All right. So, uh, brown coats unite uh, for the first time ever. Uh, Funko Toys, let me see if I'm actually, yeah, Funko Toys is coming out with a 1980s retro-style uh, official line of Firefly toys. Now, these aren't like, <laughs> that is it's awesome. not like a Seth MacFarlane toy line where it looks exactly like uh, like, like Malcolm Reynolds or Wash. Yeah. Zero points of articulation. Like, yeah, these are like, they, they're, they're, their elbows move, or not, their, yeah, their, their shoulders move. And I think they bend at the waist, and their heads swivel. swivel. Uh-huh. But I mean, they are retro as retro can get. We need to get that on That's the like Facebook. They page. are official. You need to put a blog, blog post about that. That would I be awesome. That. I need to get on that. Firefly. So get your get your uh, get your Firefly uh, stuff. All right. <laughs> More? Uh, they're going to be ten bucks. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. I'll just skip right to the funny stuff. So over the weekend, uh, Kayla Finley from South Carolina was arrested and booked into jail for a VHS copy of Monster-in-Law starring Jennifer Lopez that was nine years overdue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she went to go, uh, she went to the uh, local police station to report a domestic dispute, or domestic uh, Uh abuse claim, and she found herself arrested because she found out that she had a warrant out for arrest for a nine-year overdue VHS tape. For a really bad movie with yep. two of the worst actresses I have I ever. didn't know they could, they could throw <laughs> out a warrant on you. The, the screen. Yeah. Ugh. That's all? That's interesting. Yeah, so, uh, um, see, so Miss Finley plans on uh, fighting the charges, of course, because uh, technically that goes into felony theft. Yeah. For being that long, you know, because the whole FBI warning of doom. Yeah. Sort of thing going on, so um, good luck. Well, nine years, doesn't, like, the statute statute of of limitations, limitations, like, expire on something like that? They said no. The statute of limitations is different for theft. Yeah, it's felony theft, so. Okay, well. Wow. Good for her. Yeah, that's, yeah. For a VHS tape. 
Yeah, right. That's almost as bad as you know, uh, Betamax. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously. So the real, the real, uh, the only real issue you have an overdue library. Whatever book. video uh, or whatever video uh, store that was actually keeping this record. Why? And the other question is, are they still around? Yeah, that's... And the, if so, why are they doing VHS? Yeah, why are they worried about a VHS tape? Yeah, from, nine well, from years na- ago. Yeah, from nine for years. Monster-in-Law, no less. It's got two... It, yeah, it's like and why issue a warrant for well, It's not really surprising that she lost it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I wouldn't... I would have forgotten that I had it, too. I had a tape... <laughs> I found a tape of Monster-in-Law, and I burnt it on principle. Yeah. <laughs> It's, and then yeah. huff the fumes. All right. No, so. I, I stayed far away from that because the, the 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 taint that is, uh, oh crap, what's her name? Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer no, Lopez. No, the other, the Jane other. Fonda. Jane, Jane Fonda. Fonda. Yeah, the taint yeah. that is Jane Fonda is uh, communicable by. Uh, the only <laughs> thing that was funny about uh, that movie was Wanda Sykes. I yeah, mean, really. Funny. Said, well, yeah, Wanda Sykes is a funny. Just lady Just because anywhere. she was making fun of, of that character. Other than that, yeah, it was pretty much then, a wash. Uh, and then just really quickly, uh, t- about 80,000 people are trying to play a single game of Pokemon using uh, social media uh, Twitch. Sweet. All right. Yeah, at once. Cool. 80,000 people are trying to play one game of a Pokemon Red slash Blue. Good for them. So, All right. Just an interesting thing, and... Um, Hopefully they make it somewhere. All right. Uh, who's a fan of Joss Whedon? Uh, I'm a fan of Joss Whedon. Like to a degree. Me? Who's me? a fan of Doctor Horrible? Who isn't? I am a me? big fan me? of Doctor Horrible. Pick Bender. It's been announced. The sequel is coming again. Doctor More Horrible. They've Sorry. been they've been announcing the sequel for like the last three no. years now. It has <laughs> songs and a plot outline, so Yay. they are moving forward. Three more years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, and they did recognize that they have been publicly talking about a sequel for a while. Yeah, they did. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, moving forward now. You know, we just we need another uh, another writer strike. That way they they'll they'll be able to do it. <laughs> yeah, they'll have nothing better to do. Yeah. So basically, the, other other than like the only the only downside to that means more reality TV shows, which Aww. I don't think are. I, I think if we get any more reality TV shows. Like the the society, the world itself is going to implode on itself. Yeah. No, it will. Yeah. But uh, in the middle of a, uh, the the shooting schedule for Avengers: Age of Ultron, Josh Whedon has a two week break, and so they're wondering if he's going to take that two weeks off, quickly film the sequel, and then go back. Yeah. Or maybe he'll spend time with his family and loved ones that he hasn't seen in a long, 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 or long improve time. Marvel Agents of Shield. <clears throat> No, I I, no. I don't think there's anything you can do for One, that. I, 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 so DC is releasing a Constantine TV series and Gotham. That would, that would make more sense, the Constantine TV series, than the movie. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, and DC seems to have the TV and the the cartoon straight-to-DVDs down. Yeah, so. they got, yeah, they got right. their market there. Okay, so All we right, got that so wrapped up. Uh, 30 minutes past the hour. You're listening to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Uh, we're live at Epic Puzzles and Games. So if you've got any questions for our Gamer Forge segment coming up right about, ooh, about 60 seconds. Yeah, we may have to cut out the, the Epic Showdown tonight, which is okay because we really didn't kind of have one. Okay, right? yeah, so. that's fine. Yeah. yeah so Who would you like to see on the Epic Showdown? Yes, send, send us a post. Send your tweets and emails to yeah. info at DungeonCrawlersRadio.com. Ooh, ooh. Who wants to throw that out on the Facebook page and then see if... Oh, Chris, the intern's doing nothing. I'm doing stuff. Oh, he's doing oh, stuff. Yeah. Okay, well then, what are you two? 
Oh, awesome. We can, we, can, we can work that in. Okay, we'll, we'll so, do that. So, uh, yes, yeah, so you can call us at 626-226-1475 if you have any questions or if uh, you want to be calling in later on tonight when we talk to, was it Geeks Going Rogue? Is it Geeks that? Go Rogue. Geeks Go Rogue. Right yeah. there. Or you can always send us an uh, email at info.incredibleradio.com or uh, check out our Facebook and our Twitter, which is DCR underscore show. And yes. also the Google Plus thing, because everybody uses Google Plus. <laughs> you know, we're going to get sued Do we? by them. We're going to get sued yeah. by them. Like, <laughs> why are you guys bad-mouthing us? We're not bad-mouthing we're, you. We're playing with fire. Yeah. Mm. is what we're doing here. So onward to the Game of Forge. Onward to the Forge. Ding, 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 yeah. ding, we didn't talk ding, about ding. Amazon or Audible. or. Oh, yes. Oh. That's right. We do need to have a word from our sponsors. Well, you know, since I did bring up uh, Amazon before... So if you do want to get Movies Are Fun, or whatever that was called, yep. uh, you can just uh, clear out, when you're done listening to this show, you can just clear out your uh, cookies, click on that Amazon link, and do your shopping as normal. So you can look up Movies Are Fun, or you know whatever else you're planning on buying. So if you want to get, like, I don't know, $1,000 worth of video game I love the fact that you shoot high on that yeah, one. What can I say? If yeah. you're spending a thousand bucks, you got to do this. Yeah, you got to do this. Or, you know, you, you, you want to, you, you got to get some toilet paper or something. Yeah. You know, what else are you going to do with that thousand bucks? So just head to DungeonColorsRadio.com. Click, uh, yeah. Clear out your cookies. Click on that link. It doesn't cost you any more. You don't have to sign up for anything special mm-hmm. or whatnot. It just, you know, kicks a little bit back our way so we can continue bringing this quality professional program. And if you hear anything, you know, any books or any games or anything that we're talking about and you want to pick it up, that's the best way to do yeah, it. Yeah, because right yeah. there. They're on yeah. Amazon. Yeah, it's not costing you an extra penny, and it helps us out. That's a win-win situation. It's, it's a win for everyone. And if you're a right. member of Amazon Prime, shipping's free. Yeah. Dude, right. free. All right. We got, we got that covered. Okay. Also, another thing, uh, because Firebird isn't on the show this evening... Firebird has, because uh, we have the Gamer Girl segment that she normally does yeah. when she is, check out our website, DungeonCollarsRadio.com, because she will be, we probably tomorrow, uh, the Gamer Girl segment video will be pushed out, so you'll be able to catch her on that. And, you know, she's just been doing a great job on that one. Mm-hmm. They've been nice. Yeah. They've been fun. Yeah. And she's, been, she's really been putting some effort the into that, make it interesting eight. and fun. And, yeah. and that die lies. Her, her role should be higher. Because yeah. the the shows always end up better than what she rolls. Well, like they need to always roll twenty. Well, twenty one. Maybe we need to get her some loaded die. I think yeah, so. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Cheater die. Yes. Okay. I rolled a twenty one. All right. Natural twenty one <laughs> on a twenty sided die. All right. So let's jump into the Gamer Forge. For those of you that are joining us for the first time, the Gamer Forge is a segment that we do where people write in about their questions, or we go over a question related to gaming. And then we kind of go over it and try to throw out our two cents. So, so if you ever have a problem in any of your gaming groups or a question that you need to have uh, discussed amongst impartial uh, judges, send it to uh, <laughs> <Dungeon> Crawler. <laughs> impartial. Yes. Uh, and then after that, uh, even though we've talked about it on air, uh, Joe does a great job writing it up afterwards Aww. and throwing it on the website, throwing in his fun two bits. Uh, so always check that out. It's like he went to college and he learned how to write them words. Hey, he wrote them <laughs> words. And oh, I, yeah, one of us had. They were yeah, wonderful. I'm, I'm going to college and I'm learning to write them their words. Meh, them words. It's kind of strange. I'm learning things about commas. I'm almost 
that wouldn't that be fun if we just did an entire show? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> that would hurt my head. Like maybe I'm, if we want to do that during like the tail end of the uh, the. Just do a no. Just do a segment, not the entire show. Like a segment. Okay, so here's what we need to do. We could do it at the tail end of uh, Geek Night or Nerd Night. All right. And yeah, because odds are that we're going to be that punchy. Normally, be talking. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, an entire game session. As everyone playing rednecks have to talk like rednecks in a zombie apocalypse attack. <laughs> that could be fun. All right. It can be done. Yes. Sure, it has been done. All right, here we go. So, yes. So, this one's... Yeah, I'm just going to read it. We'll go over there. Okay. Okay. I have a small group of players who don't play often, and they we've been playing D&D 3.5. I wanted to know if there are any significant differences between D&D 3.5 and D&D 4th Edition. Do they, do they use a different style of game? Is one better suited for certain groups? Or is D&D 4th Edition just an updated version of D&D 3.5? They're different. They're very different. Yeah, most short answer, yes. They're very um, different. Let's see. How can we explain this? D&D 4th Edition is Wizards of the Coast's attempt to draw in the MMO crowd. So instead of, instead of having the feats or the spell progression mm-hmm. or the spell um, tables the way it was set up in 3.5, mm-hmm. it's kind of tweaked a little. But Everything I, is macroed. Well, yeah. I, would, I would say this is the example. They're about as similar as an orangutan and a gorilla, a silverback. They're both apes. But they're completely different. I, yeah, I mean, really, it, it, it yeah, comes down to that. They have is, similarities, but they're, they're, they're the same species. Yeah, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, Seriously, playing a game of fourth edition, you kind of want to start talking in MMO. So you could just be like, LFG, <laughs> OMG, LOL. Well, I mean, if you are a power gamer that RTFOL, likes likes new. combat, likes being the fighter and stuff like that, and you're fairly new. Fourth edition might be good for you. Yeah, it's a good it's a good introduction, but only it as is. an introduction. Introduction. Yeah. If you are a you know a, a fairly seasoned or role player, it might not be your cup of tea. Yeah, that, you, and I uh, would stay with three five. Well, even then, like I mean, three five is only I think only good over a certain length of time. Yeah. Just because I mean that really is sort of like the gateway drug if you'll part yeah. the no it expression. is and where um, where a lot of these other games are sort of built to be progressions mm-hmm. um, upon that, so things like um, uh, the new the newest Hunter of the Reckoning, Iron Kingdoms. Um, I mean, there's tons uh, out there. Yeah, there's there's plenty. I mean, coming down to epic puzzle and games, and I just seriously, get a I seriously want to pull out my old advanced D and D books. Mm-hmm. So much more fun. But I found my old But books. unlike what someone said on uh, on a panel, they don't like trying to figure out negative numbers. So yeah, well, dang it, was that was that supposed to be me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that only worked in Alternity because yeah. Alternity had such a counterintuitive system of oh, trying trying to roll. I know negative numbers. No, uh, that uh, so. But no, no, you know. Advanced Dungeons and Dragons was a great system. It you know it allowed for creativity. You could. Add on to it. You can yeah. make your own thing. Yes, as the higher you got up, you had to kind of have some math in there because you had to go. You were going to negative numbers, mm-hmm. um, well, the, but it was fun. Negative Wait, yeah, when our, six. Yeah, 
Yeah, but when RPGs were still in their infancy and their adolescence and yeah. stuff, yeah, it was great. Yeah, and so it's, and it's good to that something like that is still that still exists. It's not actively yeah. being made anymore, of course, but it's still out there. You can get those books. Well, no, I mean, Wizards right. just re-released. Them. Oh, well, that's right. This is very true. Yeah, D and D Next is coming out in just a few months. Uh, yeah, it's coming out this summer. So, so you know, maybe yeah. maybe you just want to stick with three five and wait till next. Yeah, comes wait out. till D and D Next. Cause, comes out uh, and, and it could, be a, it could be a different name. That would be a much easier uh, transition. You know, yeah. It is a great system. Yeah, we've we've play tested it. We've tried it out. We, we've we've threw in some two bits here and there, uh, as well as several others. So maybe wait for that and check that out. A mm-hmm. uh, couple. I mean, really. I mean, that's really as simple as it is. You know, yeah, it, it is vastly very different. different things. Um, if you are interested in maybe moving to something, you know, maybe you could try Pathfinder. Uh, it is very 3.5-esque, but upgraded. Yeah, it's like a little more refined. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, like you said, there's uh, Iron Kingdoms, there's Hollow Earth, there's Monster, Monster Hunter International, there's um, Firefly, Mistborn. there's Mistborn, I, there's, uh, oh, what what is uh, Craft? Uh, Fiasco is kind of an interesting one, because all you're rolling is D6s, and it's really yeah, there's, there's pure... Role play. There really isn't much uh, yeah. much else to it. There's fantasy craft. There's Shadowrun. I mean, there's there's tons of role playing systems yeah. out um, there. Yeah, go down to. Well, I I would say get it. I mean, get an opinion from one of the people who work. Yeah. Uh, who get, who work here because they they know the product. Well, and if and if you can't go to a game store, ask someone that has played the game. I mean, actually played a game. Yeah. Um, because that's really good, because they at least know the mechanics and how it goes, and then you can ask their questions, and that you can see if it's a good fit for you. Because there are some games out there that may not fit your personality or your gaming style. Mm-hmm. And, and why try to push it if, if it doesn't yeah, work don't, for you? Yeah, don't stick with D&D just because it's D&D. Yeah. If you're ready to move on, find something. Yeah. Else. And, and nothing against D&D, yeah, by any it's, means. It's, it's a great yeah, system. It's it fine. is fun. Yes, it's perfectly fine. But there's, there's other, you know, it's, it's like pizza. Yeah, there's you know, more than why, why stay with just pepperoni? Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know why? Why stay with the pepperoni when you got the, the Hawaiian, else. the meat lovers? I, I mean, the double cheeseburger. The double cheeseburger. <laughs> Stuff crust. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, the double cheeseburger actually was pretty good. I was surprised. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think we've so, beat this one over the head. Who was it? Who wrote that one in? Uh. That was just a question I, I pulled off. Oh, okay. Thank yeah. you, question we just pulled off. Yeah. <laughs> random question number one. Yes, that one was a random one because we only got one email in. So. Okay. All right. So, uh, all right. So, Jonathan writes Hi, in. Jonathan. Hello, Jonathan. All right. Did so, he, 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 he's a DM. <laughs> okay. I'm paraphrasing this. A little okay. bit because he, he made the 100 word limit. No, no, okay. he just he made it confusing in the beginning, so I'm paraphrasing. So he, he's running a game, and he wants to make his PCs, or his playable characters, travel back in time. But he's okay. not sure how to implement that in the story, because he wants them to travel back in their own timeline, but n- not create major paradoxes in what he has already done thus far, because he fears. That, you know, a villain that they've already killed, they may go back in time, forget to kill him, go do something else, and now that villain's alive, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So how can he do that? Are there any specific rules for that in, the, in uh, D&D? Well, what uh, I'm trying to th- figure out is, uh, 
So are they traveling back, but they're still going to be co- or, uh, existing in their own bodies, kind of like a hot tub time machine? Or is this or, going, to be, like, uh, going to be going back in time, and they run the chance of running into their past selves? That's a good uh, it doesn't say. Okay. Because hmm. if it's a hot tub time machine uh, mechanic, there really isn't much else you can do except for run them through that campaign again, and that just sounds boring. So otherwise... They're going to make a new decision. Yeah, yeah they, could make, they could make a new decision, or they just decide not to, and then you know reap the percussions afterwards, which yeah. would be kind of entertaining to write later on. Yes. Well, I, I, okay, so I mean that brings up a, a really good valid point. So, do we one, do they inhabit their own body, or are they coexisting in a separate timeline, separated from their original selves? They're gonna. Well, I guess if they actually go with the way uh, quantum physics works, then yes, they would have a different timeline no matter what. Okay. Yeah, because that is, that, I mean, that would be the key thing is that uh, as soon as they start affecting things that they, that either they did or something else that happened in the past, then yeah, there's no way that they're going to be able to go back and go back to the way things were. Okay. So they are effectively getting a second chance to do things, whether for good or well, ill. So, I mean, if they're already existing in that timeline, then, as long as they leave them alone, it's not going to affect what when, they've done up to that point. In all reality, though, are, do you think that if you give the give player characters a chance to affect the past, that they're just going to be like, you know what, let's just let's just chill no, and no, let no. things happen? Oh, oh no. I mean, uh-uh. to be it's, honest, it's the Grand Theft Auto uh, uh, effect. You give a put, put a person in the sandbox and say you can do a- anything you want. Yeah, You're, they're going to do anything they want. You put a person in the past. They are going to go, you know, find, you know, some low-level per or some person that gave them crap when they were that low of levels, and they're just going, they're going to annihilate that person. Now that person <laughs> could have been a key part, a key uh, um, story point later on in their campaign, but they're not going to be there anymore. Yeah. So. No, I mean, or they're going to go and you know, you know, say you've got two car- two players that don't really see eye to eye, and one of them's evil, one of them's uh, good. He's going to go back and he's like, hey, cool, I can take out this yeah. paladin, and he's not going to be able to do anything about it well, because he's so weak. This is me you know, kind of thinking as a, as a GM or DM, however you want to call it. I wouldn't do this. Now, if you're going back in time to a different time zone, maybe, you know, kind like, of... Like a few hundred years, years before. before. Yeah. yeah. But going into your own player's timeline is going to royally mess things up. Because like you said, if they can go back in time, well, hey, you know, we can knock this guy out before he's, you know, before he causes us problem. Because remember, he killed, Joe, you know, Joe's character? Yeah. Well, if we take him out now, because we're a lot stronger, they don't kill Joe. But, um, sorry. You still don't get me Joe did Joe yeah. didn't get a chance to re-roll or didn't, didn't re-roll his, uh, yeah. you know, didn't roll, uh, you know. They killed his bard, so Joe rolled a monk who's kicking A yeah. and taking names. Well, now he didn't have to roll that monk to kick A and take but names. But sorry, Peter, um, you're not... You, you, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's going to be a problem. You have to it's think... a nightmare. Now, what, because, you, what you could do if you want to put them still in their own time zone or timeline, put them in an area that is so far away from where they were to begin with, mm-hmm. like on a separate continent, that... What they do doesn't, doesn't really, really affect, affect their original what timeline. Happens yeah. in the original timeline. Yeah, you know, I, it could have been like to the effect that there's like you know there's two gods or something that's going on. And they have to be killed at the same time, and you don't know who it was that killed these one uh, this this god over here, but they just killed this god, 
and they find out, oh, crap, it was us to begin with. Uh, I could see that. Yeah. Um, so it's good. if you're going to do it, I would say if you're going to take notes on everything, oh, yeah. because everything they do, everything they did is going to have an impact on what they're about to do, and everything they do now is going to have an impact on what you know what what the the future of course is going to be well and, and this like is usual. this is uh i we said i sat on a panel designing campaigns and bob defendi may said it best take copious notes because do not try to write ahead of them you know write what you have planned but then whatever they decide to do you note down everything Things that's that happening and then based on those notes you write the next section now, that doesn't mean you can't kind of bend them back around a little bit, but if you start dragging them back into your story, you're, you're going to kill the game. You're so, going to get a lot of resistance there. Yeah, and you're going to get a lot of resistance. So if you know, you're expecting them to kill that god, but they decide, hey, dude, we're going to go do this instead. We're going to join them instead. Yeah, yeah, you can't really... I mean, if they just... Yeah, so it's going to be tough because your characters are going to be... They're going to be a lot stronger... They're going to want to do maybe something completely different. Um, so, I just think this is a large can of worms. It might not be some might be something you might not want to do. Yeah, I mean it's it's entirely possible. I mm-hmm. myself have never encountered it, so I couldn't tell you from any kind of firsthand experience. I haven't done it. I yeah. I have not dared to do this one. Yeah. I think that you have to have the uh, Isaac Asimov level of intelligence to be able to pull it off well. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, open your local newspaper and take the Asimov quiz. If yeah. you score on the top percent, you're fine. If not, don't. Yeah. Just don't do this and save yourself the effort. So, um, otherwise, or take them far enough back that it doesn't affect their characters directly or far enough away that it doesn't affect them directly. Well, yeah, if you, like, well, drop them back, like, 400 years before they even exist. There you yeah, go. I, mean, yeah. I, I think that would be best because if they do change something... You can say that that's part of yeah. the actual then, timeline. Then you can play it into that. Yeah. You know, yeah. What so, happened in the past? You know, as are as pre has been predestined to yeah. have already happened. Well, you know, kind of like when Raceland went back in uh, time, to the the twin series. You know, he he completely w- became a certain character, but you know, he followed along and did that, and that became part. That was part of history. Nothing really changed because that's how everyone saw it. You know, and maybe you know you you. Your characters stumbled upon, uh, you know, before they go back in time, they stumble upon a, you know, a, a castle or some holy ruin, and it's like, whoa, that kind of looks like me. What the heck? Mm-hmm. Then they go, you know, they end up back in time, and it's like, oh, well, now I know oh, why. Yeah, I well, uh, oh. Or like, kind of like hey. what happened in Timeline, mm-hmm. you know, where the one guy found, you know, this tomb, and it looked kind of like him, yeah. So I would I would think uh, one one last point before sure. I think we close this off though is also remember that when you're sending people back in time with knowledge of future events it, yeah. that they can use if, that if Tannen didn't teach us anything yeah but at the same time though but that I think that sort of violates the, uh, yeah. the quantum physics the yeah the laws of quantum physics thing where by going back in time he has already altered the timeline to the point where that almanac would have been no good I know so that's um, so. I think Flagoon kind of has it right there, where yeah. it's like sending me either far enough away or far enough back. Yeah. And then to answer the question as far as, is there a mechanic for doing that? No. No, there is not. They're Spell really gone bad. Yeah. That's okay. really... That's <laughs> you the can Deus explain ex- it however you want. Yeah, that's the deus ex machina for, uh, for uh, you know, 
Well, no, Dragonlance, Dragonlance actually had a device that allowed you to yeah, travel yeah, so, back yeah. in time. So either I mean, spell combat or MacGuffin does X. Yeah. Yeah, either that or you broke into Skynet and used their time travel machine and they have to send back a T-1000. Wish Good luck spell. with that. Yeah. All right. I, I really want to make an item called the MacGuffin of MacGuffin, dude. Okay. <laughs> and it, right. it's usable for anything at any time. Okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to jump in. We're going to do a quick break. Uh, we are Both of our uh, inter- uh, people for our interview are already... Saying, hey, we're ready to go. So, uh, we'll take a quick Yay. break, stretch our legs, and then we will be back. Uh, we're actually going to start the interview a little bit earlier. So we'll okay. be back. We'll Huzzah. play a couple songs. Yay.
Welcome back to Dungeon Callers Radio. Yes, that's, tacos. that was dude. I, I'm like so hungry for tacos now. It's a song of pure happy. It is right there. It was just like, pure happiness. You listen to it. You like. I'm not gonna smile. It's so soft. More no. Oh, but you're thinking about it. it's raining tacos. I know it's awesome. Oh, it's so. Oh, I can't be mad at you, song. Come here. Yeah, I know. Okay. It's pretty awesome. All right. Tacos. So well, we have returned. We have returned. Joe is and the dramatically Joe. returning to the chair, taking his wig before sitting down. And we are narrating and everything. And dealing he does. out radio excellence. Dude, that was like. That was, that's pretty sweet. Okay. Now the only thing the only thing better is if Morgan Freeman would have been doing that. <laughs> so so I have come to a conclusion. Yes. Before we get into our in our uh, interview. Into your our since, interview. Uh, yes. Since since my goal or my 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 life achievement is to I want to have uh, Morgan Freeman narrate my dad. Yes. So now, if I do die the way all my tarot cards <laughs> say uh, say I'm supposed to die, which is in a hail of gunfire. Yes. I still want Morgan Freeman to narrate it, but I want Paul Janess to, to write, write it. it. Yes. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that would be the only correct answer. I'm yes. going to say this publicly before the entire internet. Paul Janess writing your death would be awesome. It would be epic. I mean, it, it, wouldn't, be e- it wouldn't be epic. It would be the one time that I would probably use the F-bomb. On air. Wow. <laughs> Sad thing is, I won't be alive to hear this. Yeah. But still. It would be that awesome. Yeah. We'll, we'll do it in honor of you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Postmortem? Yeah. All right. All right. Let's, uh, let's add the folks that we need to add to this phone call. And uh, let's see if this works. Dude, it's calling both of I just learned how to do multiple calls at once. Woo! Congratulations. Oh. You just learned an achievement. I did. Achievement unlocked. Crawler's Radio. Hey. All right. Hello. Welcome, Hello. welcome. 
We have Joe. Do we have Ryan or Jonathan or I don't, it says Jay Ryan? So I don't know which which one he wants to go with. His name is Jonathan Ryan. All right. Okay. Oh, <laughs> we totally got denied. It it disappeared. Aww. Oh. <laughs> we called him Jay Ryan. Yes. It's probably because I said that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you chased him away. I did. Well, <laughs> you preemptively uh, celebrated. I think that was the problem. Yes. Oh, it's saying it's busy. Uh, call us. Back. Ah. No, I'm not getting the phone call. Well, maybe. I don't know. Well, maybe you're both trying to call each other at the same time, and now that you're both getting busy signals. Yes. Okay, so we'll try, we'll, we'll try that again. So we, ha- so, we, so we have... So is it Joe or Joanna... Uh, called me that, but my mom when she's angry, so it's Joe. <laughs> well, then we're not going to call you that. That's the yeah. Not angry. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Animaniacs. It's Dot. Call me Dottie and you die. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's try Jonathan one more time. All right. Because I, I, I think he tried calling. Jonathan Ryan, then... take two. Yes. Geeks go rogue. <laughs> you make that sound awesome. I make everything awesome. You do. Awesome. <laughs> well, no, you're wearing a Batman. Yeah. yeah. That Batman, just makes everything better. And Alaska. Oh, well. Yeah. Is it coming up now? Got it. Uh, no, it's still coming busy. Got so no. we'll, 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 talk, home state. we'll talk with Joe. Oh, this is probably him. He's calling in, too. All right. Hey, can you hear me? We, we can. Now. Hey. Welcome to the hey, show. Hey, there we go. Hey, you know, we I can have... hear you guys the whole time. I could hear you the oh, whole wow. time, and then I, for some reason, it wasn't coming through, so I hung up and called again. Okay, okay. Well, no problem. Yep. We so, we have everyone. Hey! <laughs> no. We have Happy Jonathan Joe from Geeks Go Rogue. Welcome. Hey, thanks, thanks for here. having us on. Good to be here. Thanks for being on the show. So, uh, can you let our listeners kind of know a little bit about Geeks Go Rogue? Yeah, well, Geeks Go Rogue was sort of founded um, about this time last year after my agent and I were talking about having a wider platform for some of my writing. And um, I, I had a contact at Pathios.com, which is the largest uh, religious website in the world, basically. Um, they have 14 million unique page views a month, um, so it's pretty huge. And um, so I came up with this proposal because no one was really talking about geek issues and religious issues and, um, um, you know, entertainment issues. And so... So bringing that all together, and I approached the editor with it, and he was like, that's fantastic. You're right. We have nothing talking about geeks and geek culture or anything like that. So uh, it was pretty simple. Um, And the blog kind of – it started off pretty simple, um, just me writing, and then now it's kind of exploded. We have like five different writers. So um, it's been a pretty amazing year. Well, I mean, isn't, isn't geek culture almost a religion of its own now? <laughs> yeah, you know, it kind of so. is. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's got the same I mean, kind of rituals, you know. Yeah, you know, and you got each little faction of religion going on. I mean, you got your Star Wars, you got your Firefly, you got your Trekkies. You, I mean, yeah, got I mean, we have we have a lot of doctrine too. You yeah. Know, oh yeah. With Ooh, great yeah. power comes great responsibility. Yes. <laughs> exactly oh my right. gosh! I know we do. Yeah, Ooh, we should write the geek Bible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and and, and, and our own heresies, you know, you know, if yeah. you're a Trekkie, you can't be Star Wars. If Star Wars, you can't be a Trekkie. So, 
you know. If you're uh, true, I've 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 uh, I've uh, been a practitioner of both religions for quite some time. If now. you're dressed as a Wookiee, you Heretic. cannot wear the red shirt. <laughs> Heretic. Oh. This this is also coming from the man that thinks Boba Fett is like the worst character in the world. It's not that he's worst; he's just overhyped. What? I, oh see? my goodness! See, I oh, love that response. Inflammatory. No. Already sowing the seeds of discontent. <laughs> uh, well, you know, with with Boba Fett, you know, it was sort of he's a mysterious character, and and you know when they put the prequel trilogy out, it sort of ruined it a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I would have preferred not to know some of his origins. I think. I, I think everyone would agree to that with uh, Darth Vader as well. Oh yeah. Well, at least <laughs> right, Vader right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean right. That, you you got New Hope, you know, and they blast through the doors. The stormtroopers come in, and then you see Vader walk in, and you're just like, oh. I mean, you're captivated. And you Absolutely. know, and through that whole trilogy, and then you go back and see, you know, you, you, you that see, little you see, kid. You see the progression, and yeah. then you go back to watching New Hope, and then you see the the doors open, and you see the the thing, and you're just like, there's a whiny, angsty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's so true. And, and it just. It's gross. The whole love story in it just icks me out. It's uh, nasty. Yeah. It's just terrible. It's just wrought with terrible writing. And Ugh. then they go back, and then instead of, you know, and then they put Hayden Christensen's ghost in there. It's like, really? Yeah, that, your audience yeah, that, that, was, <laughs> that, that was a complete fail. I mean, it's like, why did you do that? I mean, he's he's older when he dies. It's like, what do you, what do you even need to go there? So, I know. I mean, I guess the whole point is, you know, here's here's Anakin unsoiled now, but it was just it was dumb. I mean, George Lucas, you love him and hate him at the same time. It's frustrating. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Harsh. So, so let's kind of let's kind of pull back a bit. So, what geek credits do you guys have? Other than you know, Jonathan says he's writing. What geek credits do both you, Jonathan, and Joe hold? Oh, uh, Joe, you first. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what's your resume and your geek chart? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I write. I write. I'm a writer. And um, my husband is a Hollywood geek, so he's worked on a lot of movies that you guys would probably freak out over. So I've done the backstage thing, and I've met a lot of cool people. So I guess that makes me geeky. I'm just a really awesome kick-ass geek. That's the difference. Right. Well, I mean, you were wearing, the, you know, Wonder Woman and a bunch of other uh, I was, I was. characters on, on I your T-shirt when we met. So. <laughs> True. That works. And, and guys, mm. she can and she can beat us all up, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> it's true. It's good. This is not. We're we're glad we're not on screen because I just got back from Taekwondo and I'm totally worked right now. So, yep, it's real. <laughs> so everyone out there, do not run into Joe in a dark uh, alleyway because she will beat the crap out of you like Batman. <laughs> okay. She's bat, she's Batgirl. No, she's more like yeah. Wonder Woman. <laughs> no, it's more like Buffy. Background. She's got oh, Buffy. Buffy. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I'm a go. huge Buffy yeah, fan. There's... Okay, that, that makes me a geek right there. I'm a yeah. giant Joss Whedon fan. She I will ram that. a stake into your heart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <I> will. <laughs> nice. Okay. So, Josh so I guess my right. geek... Yeah. yeah. Um, go ahead. I guess my geek credits would be... Uh, uh, I just wrote a paranormal fiction, and I have a young adult trilogy that's coming out next year that's basically a new superhero sort of um oh nice and uh i'm a huge humongous daredevil fan so um 
you know, and Daredevil's kind of got his own little cult following type of thing. Yeah. Um, and I uh, go to my comic book store at least twice a, twice a week. So, yeah. <laughs> you you keep win. Up on mine. <laughs> All right. Well, I, <laughs> you know, Daredevil is one of those characters that most people don't know or don't like, but when you find a Daredevil fan, they're like hardcore. Uh, and, you know, they're yeah, out there every week getting it. They're, they're, yeah, they're I don't fake. understand why people don't. I mean, that was some of Frank Miller's best best work. Um, yeah, working on Daredevil, and you know, and and contrary to popular belief, I don't think the movie was that bad. Especially if you see the uh, the director's cut. The director's okay. cut is actually way better. Um, hmm. And I I would make an argument that it helped set up some of the, Mar- the great Marvel stuff that we've got going on now because it was it was actually decent. I mean. Yeah, Jennifer Garner was not great in it, but you know, and I'm I'm gonna go out here and say I think Ben Affleck's gonna make a great Batman because he was a good Matt Murdock. Um, okay. Maybe that starts a that starts a riot, but I I thought he was good in it. <laughs> I can already see the rioting so, in the street. And I, yeah, you know, it, I'm the only Daredevil fan I know who thinks it wasn't that bad. But you know, there you go. Hey, everyone has their opinion. There's nothing wrong with that. It's nice to see out there that there are people that are behind the yeah. the Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah, it, it, I, you know, I think Ben Ben gets slammed a lot, and he, and it's sad because he's actually a great actor. Uh, mm-hmm. The dude's crazy talented, and he's smart. Um, you know, it's just it, things in geek culture sometimes people just get neurotic about stuff, and Ben Affleck's one of them. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, because some of well, some of his choices and roles have not exactly been super. Geely. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so, I'm trying not to go there. Well, I think I think every actor has a few of those movies yeah. under their belt. That's like, oh my gosh, well, why yeah, did well, I ever I mean, do that? Liam Neeson was in Kroll, so you know. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. perfect. Exactly. Yeah. It was good. Exactly. But <laughs> come on, Harrison Ford was in Crystal Skull. <laughs> oh my word! <laughs> wow! Gonna wow. <laughs> spend all night opening all these. So is the war doctor, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so then, what, what? I mean, what are some of the hot topics then that you've you've been covering on Geek Goes Rogue? Well, you know, lately it's it's things have kind of morphed from when we where we started. Um, we've started doing interviews on the blog, and um, and I went out to. Uh, the Conjuring uh, press junket. Um, so I interviewed Vera Firminga, um, Patrick Stewart, all the people that were in that movie. And then uh, I've interviewed Kirk Cameron. How about that one? Mm-hmm. And um, Ken Ham uh, with the whole Bill Nye, Ken Ham debate. So those are some of our biggest um, blog posts right now. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then actually so then- we just did an interview. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, we just did an interview with Joe's Writers Group, uh, Writers Cube, for the Teen Author Boot Camp that's coming up in a few weeks. Um, James Dasher and Ali Condi are the kind of the keynote speakers. And uh, I did an interview with them about their writers group that has a pretty kind of, it's sad, but it's also kind of a triumphant story. Um, their writers group has been through a ton. I, and I should let Joe talk about that, actually. So, um, so that, that's been our biggest one lately. Okay, would okay. you? Yeah, would you like yeah, to expand no, go on that? Go ahead and uh, yeah, go on. Expand on the uh, writers cube thing. <laughs> okay. Um, well, yeah, we started our group about five years ago, and um, 
originally we just got together to critique each other's work. We were all writing and wanting to be published, and and then it turned into this kind of tight fellowship of the of the writing, and um and over time a lot of really crazy tragic things happened in our lives. Like, um you know one of uh, one of the men who was in our group, his wife died, and then he had a stroke, and then. Uh, somebody's house burnt down, and when we were there helping out, we found, you know, we got a phone call that one of the other girls' husbands was in an accident and was killed. I mean, it sounds, like, too crazy to be true, but, like, we had all these crazy things happen in our group, and it really just tightened our bond. And uh, and then I think I think it moved away from just being a writer's group and became a support group. And then we came up with this, this uh, idea for the teen author boot camp, and it sort of just took off. This is our fourth year, and it's gotten bigger every year. We, we've... You know, we do it at UVU, and we're going to have, like, 20 published authors there. And like you mentioned, James Dashner and Ali Condi are big uh, keynotes for the day. And then we have a bunch of others. And, and Jonathan's coming out for that, so that's going to be cool. But um, it's just been really successful and really awesome. But it's just been – I mean, I, I feel like one of the reasons why it's successful is because our group is so tight and we work so well together. And part of that is because we've been through craft together. So mm-hmm. it's just been kind of an interesting, you know, interesting story. No, I mean, that that's that's – Perfect. I mean, really, you know, I, you know, real life tragedy, things that happen that really brings people together, and you you forge bonds that are almost unbreakable. So yeah, that, that's amazing. This event, uh, you know, this thing has brought you guys closer together, and not only that, you're helping, you know, teens learn how to write. I mean, that's that's the one thing that I regret, at least from high school, is that's one thing that you kind of, was always like shunned. Oh yeah, you know, right. it was right. never encouraged. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, I kind of fell out of it, you know, right. because it was like, well, I mean, I was writing stories and people were like, no, 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 this right. is how you have to write. Exactly. Yeah. And and they have clubs and stuff for kids who like, you know, they have the sports program, they have, you know, music programs and theater and stuff. But the kids who are interested in writing, there's just really not a lot there. And I think most of us grew up feeling that way, like we had kind of this little weird habit that other people didn't understand. And, and they get a little <laughs> marginalized. And it's really awesome to go here and see like hundreds of kids that are with other kids that are just like them, and they're like, dude, I'm not alone. This is awesome. And they're already starting to form their own little writing groups, and I think it's just where they get to be, um, you know, validated for their thing, that that they don't get anywhere else. So it's been really cool seeing that. Yeah. I just remember how hard it was for me as a kid. I was in the middle, I'd be in the middle of writing a really awesome fight scene, and then my mom would come in and be like, go outside, get out of the house, and then... <laughs> I'd lose my momentum and then yeah. never go back. You're to like, Mom, office. I was outside and I had a sword in my hand. <laughs> I was about to kill right. the demon slayer. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. not only that, it's also a nice place where you know the jock that likes to write can see you know the guy, the kid that you know is in the chess club that likes to write, and they can kind of see they have a common bond. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of curious though about the uh, about the writers boot camp. If both of you can speak on that, is you know what sorts of things can can uh, uh, an up and coming writer expect to see there? What sort of um, what sort of workshops are, are are going to be present? Um, there's actually a list of all the the breakout sessions in the uh, on the webpage teenauthorbootcamp.com, and um, the one I'm teaching is the psychology of your characters. So it's it's 
delving in deeper so that you have your character behaving in a consistent manner. So, because there's nothing worse than reading a book and going, man, he wouldn't say that. Or, you know, when you don't really, you can tell when an author or a writer doesn't really get their own character because it's kind of all over the place and it doesn't feel right when you're reading it. And so um, I'm going to be giving a more of an advanced class for some of the older students because it's ages 13 through 19. And we're going to talk a little bit about motivation, nature versus nurture, and why people do what they do. I'm not going to go way deep because I, I don't want to, like, lose their interest, but I'll just give them, the, you know, some basic tools on how to kind of understand where their character's coming from so that when they put them in a scene, they're going to kind of know how, the, how they'll behave and react in the scene. So, and then, Jonathan, you can talk about whatever you're teaching. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm teaching a class. It's, uh, well, actually, um, I'm on a panel about the state of publishing uh, right now. And then um, I'm, giving a, I'm giving a talk on um, uh, how to make your readers pee their pants. Um, so awesome. It's, it's all about, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's about how to write a scary scene. And, uh, you know, one of my points is don't put too much gore um, in, in, the, in the scene because it just it doesn't become scary. Because I think, I think a lot of horror guys, a lot of scary writer guys want to go for the gore, and it's just not scary. I mean, you, yeah. have you guys seen The Conjuring? Conjuring at all? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, brilliant film, right? Absolutely brilliant. And because it, he barely shows you anything the whole film, but when you get out of that movie, your body is like hurts because it's so intense and you're freaked out. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I think a, a lot of modern horror writers go for the disgusting gore instead of really concentrating on the on the tension. So. Oh yeah, you can definitely see that. Movie. That's true. Yeah. No, I mean. Kind of, we did. We had a conversation with someone else at LTUE about that. Where, um, you know, Alfred Hitchcock is probably the best, yeah. you know, type of horror movies out there because it's so suspenseful and it freaks you out more because it's your mind that's now kind of replaying what could be happening. They also they um, also have a great. He also has a great sense of pacing. Yeah. And how to actually yeah. move a plot as opposed to mm-hmm. you know the Saw franchise which. Yeah, it's just, it's not scary anymore because it's just, oh, I see this contraption and this is going to break and this is going to get pulled off and there's going to be blood there, there, and there, and there. And then yeah. you're just checking off the box going, <laughs> mm-hmm. yep, murder yeah. one, bingo. That, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, think, you know, go ahead. Now, you look at some of the classic horror writers like Arthur, Arthur Mackin and H.P. Lovecraft and those guys, um, you know, they got, they crawled inside of your head. And they rattle around in there, and that's why Stephen and Stephen King, at his best, does the same thing. And if you can get in people's heads and scare them, it's you know it's like it's like writing a sexy scene, right? If you get in people's heads, um, you don't really need to over describe anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. if you're doing your job well, you're already going to have people terrified before you know the monster or the killer shows up on scene. I oh, yeah. totally agree. Don't you think that's what made Jaws so scary, you guys? Like, oh, yeah. And, I mean, yeah. that, that's yeah. one of those movies where they're lucky they had a small budget because they might have overdone it if they had more money, exactly. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but right, right. not seeing I'm the creature Nado. at all, you know? That, that was way creepier. Oh, Sharknado. Classic. <laughs> but, no, but seriously, yeah, yeah right, right. I think that's what made it good. And I think if it were made now, you'd see it too much, and it would just, you know, oh, there's a p- computer graphic scare. Everything, yay! You know, well, I mean, way uh, more terrifying to not see it under the water. Yeah, I mean, just uh, look at uh, what Deep Blue, oh, Deep Blue Sea, Deep, Deep Blue, Blue Sea. Ah, my yeah. husband worked on that movie. I mean, it, great so. movie, but it, it <laughs> definitely did not have that that fear it didn't of the build, ocean. It, yeah, it didn't build the terror like it could yeah. have. 
Okay. It, still, it still had one of the best Samuel L. Jackson deaths. That's true. Stay with me and you live. <laughs> yeah. Dead. But, uh, you know, guys, my, my uncle, he's, um, he's, what, 58, and he will not get in a lake or an ocean because of the Jaws movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it has instilled that much fear in him. Um, <laughs> when, when he was younger, the one time he did swim out, he swam out into a lake, and you know, my grandparents were trying to call him back. He, he wouldn't come. And my, my aunt jumped up and yelled, Jaws. Oh. I mean, they relate. They've never seen him move faster than that moment. Uh, that that is awesome. Yeah. I love it. So, That's I mean, it, it really does. I mean, it's beautiful because you never really see the shark until the end. You just see that fin and that yeah. song. And then you see someone yanked under. It just kind of comes up yeah. for a second. Yeah. And you, you, you have the classic ad-lib line, yeah. we're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> right. I love that. Exactly. Line. Yeah. 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 Well, so now, go ahead. Go ahead. No, my, my question was something else, so go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, it's, it just illustrates, the, I mean, this whole conversation illustrates the point. And, I, you know, I think kids, uh, you know, they, they tend to mimic what they see, and so they, you know, they're reading all the stuff, they're watching all the stuff, and so they feel like they have to overwrite and show all this gore and stuff. And this is like, you know, I'm hoping my whole seminar is like not necessary, ladies and gentlemen, not necessary. Okay. Now, my my question that I have is, you know, how do you have to, you know, how do you present or scale things back or when you're presenting to the kids as in comparison like, um, you know, like LTUE where you're, you're discussing to grown adults? I mean, because I mean, at least with, you know, teenagers and that, their thought process is a lot different. And, you know, like you said, you, you can't drag on or you lose their attention. Right. Yeah, you definitely have to speak on their level. Try to make it kind of fun, a little more interactive. Um, it's good to ask a lot of questions and have them, you know, say something. And even even sometimes in our workshops, we'll, we'll present something where we want them to write something, and then we give some of them an opportunity to share it with the group. So it's a little more interactive than it would be at a, at a regular, you know, than an adult writing conference. But for the most part, the kinds of kids that are coming to these are kind of the smart kids. And... Um, so they tolerate maybe a little more than some kids that are, you know, don't read a lot or don't whatever. They have a little better attention span. So it's not like we have to completely dumb it down, but we do have to kind of keep it moving at a good pace and get them more involved, I think, in the classroom as we go. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think um, having, having uh, taught high school and, and, you know, worked with college students, I think kids know if you're talking down to them. Um, so you always try to give them a little something to reach for because they want to feel like they're working for it. You know, and as Joe said, these are these are kids who are already reading, already writing. Um, so they're going to be really aware of of not – they don't want to be condescended to. They want to – I mean, you can't you can't teach the same way as you would to adults, but you always got to give them something to little reach for. Um, and I think uh, that's always that way I've approached teaching kids. Now, I don't know this group because this will be the first time I come out, so it'll be interesting to see how well that philosophy works. And I think Joe's got it right. You have to keep it fast-paced and moving. Nice. Got to keep with the uh, shorter attention spans. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, I mean, so do you find... Um to get, I guess, some, I guess, uh, an alternate geek opinion or another geek opinion other than our own is, I mean, what, I mean, how, how do you view the geeks of, 
I guess, when you were in your teens to the to the teen geeks of today? Oh, I think they're more mainstream now, honestly. Don't you? Mm-hmm. Don't you think it's more acceptable? I mean, when I went to school, yes. I think the geeks were a little more ostracized. But And I, you know, I wasn't really into the geek culture as a younger person as much. I was a little different. But um, as I've gotten older, like I went to our, you know, our group had a, a booth at Comic-Con. And um, we, it attracted a lot of teens, our booth did. And just the different kinds that were coming, it, they're not, it's not as easy to identify them by the way they look anymore because all kinds are gravitating toward that sort of thing now, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I think it's more mainstream now. I don't know. Sorry, it sounded like you cut out there for a second. All right. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I no, stopped no, sorry. to take a drink. Okay. <laughs> I'm good. No, no, I'm done. So are there some elements that weren't present in years past that have sort of, uh, sort of become new that you, that you either approve or disapprove of strongly? For what? What are you talking about? I guess, as far as, the, I, I guess, the geek culture, is there something that's changed that I guess is probably not so good? I, I mean, you, you, did, you expanded on the whole acceptance and mainstream of the geek culture. Is there uh, certain things that you wouldn't, wouldn't like? Uh, I don't know. Jonathan, what do you think about that? You're more in the geek culture than I am, honestly. I, I think, well, I think, as far as, I think it's been positive. I, I, don't, I don't think... Um, you know, you've got your uber geeks who don't want to admit any outsiders and that sort of thing, and I find that ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, you know, my, at my local comic book store, um, probably three-fourths of the people who work there are girls. Um, mm-hmm. So, and, and when, you, when you go into the store, probably there's half, half women and half men. Um, it's no longer, you know, ten years ago, if you went into a comic book store, it would be, you know, uh, geeks like us, and you know that's 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 it. And guys who can barely hold a conversation. Um, uh, some of us might have been. So you know now it's it's not like that at all. And I, I think that's positive. Um, you know, it's it's not. It, comic books can tend tend to be more misogynistic or used to be, um, and now the culture's completely changed or is changing. Um, I think that's a positive thing. I don't. Mm-hmm. There's no. I can't think of anything negative of geek culture going popular. I think it's, I think it's been great. I think, um, you know, I, I tell people all the time, look, comic books right now, that's some of the best storytelling going on right now. So it's pure storytelling. It's, it's better than some mm-hmm. movies that we're seeing. Um, and the artwork is phenomenal. I mean, you look at some of the artwork in the comic books right now. I, I showed my dad, who, you know, my dad's in his 50s, and he hadn't looked at a comic book in years. And I showed him, took him to a comic book store and showed him some of the artwork. He's like, this is just amazing. He's like, these are pieces of art. I'm like, yeah, they kind of are. And, um, and they're still paid lower than teachers. You know, <sighs> what's that? Oh, they're still paid well, and, lower and, than teachers. Yeah. They're like and some I, of the lowest paid the other, jobs. I know, and that's just bizarre for the work that they do. It's just insane. And the, and the uh, other interesting element, and, and we cover this on the blog a lot, is the theological content in comics. Um, you know, comics are some of the places where, you know, theological issues want to be discussed. You know, in popular culture, um, religion or non-religion or atheism or Christianity or whatever is avoided, which is ridiculous because all of us deal with it on a day-to-day basis. Um, 
but comic books are never afraid to address those issues. Um, Jeff Johns, especially, uh, his, some of his stuff is really theologically astute, which is phenomenal. Um, so, um, you know, I think uh, it, it's interesting to see how people don't even notice that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been what's Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been. I mean, the the, the comic. I mean, comic books for ages since like the 70s and stuff have slowly trickled in i guess those sorts of um elements to a, not just a i mean just as part of the characters lives not and not i mean that that not even just storylines but the characters themselves and it's almost so subtle that we like it's like it's just accepted we just kind of go with it mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think so, you know go yeah go ahead oh no i, no, sorry, I was just say that I just think bringing those issues out more um, through geek culture. Through, I mean, Star Wars, you know, introduced the whole topic of spirituality to a different generation with the with the use of the Force. And sometimes we don't think about it and why that strikes so deeply. Um, mm-hmm. and it's because it's hitting on a, a basic human uh, desire. So. Mm. Yeah, look at like uh, look at uh, you know certain uh, comics like uh, you know X Men was uh, tackling civil rights issues, you know while yeah. they were still like oh you can't talk about that mm-hmm. no that's yeah. that's yeah. taboo hmm. absolutely absolutely yeah so yeah perfect right. perfect example of pop culture yes so well uh, I think in, in all go ahead no I was gonna say I think. People want to take pop culture, especially when it comes to geek culture, as a throwaway. But how many, just about every geek you know, are some of the smartest people you know, and um, you know they're now the storytellers. They're uh, and I, I tell religious people this all the time. Like you know, if you want to understand the stories being told in our culture, you got to understand geek culture. It's just it's just a reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's you really can't put your head in the bucket and go no 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 no. D&D is evil. D&D can't role play. That's bad. That's bad. That's bad. Because it's not. It, 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 it's not that stigma. And uh, it, it, you know, people need to, you know, are, are starting to open their eyes and realize what's going on or, you know, what this stuff is actually about. Exactly. Did you guys see Unicorn City? Exactly. Did you go see that when it came yes. out? Yes. <laughs> what did you think of that? That was an excellent show. Oh, uh, my little sister was in that. It was super oh, yeah? Positive there. Yeah. She's the one in the Xena costume at the end, and uh, I think she—I forget what else she does in that one. But anyway, that was fun. <laughs> the whole LARPing thing. You know, sometimes at the library park or something out here in Provo, you drive by and see these guys out there with the foam swords hitting each other. Oh in, yeah. In their capes. It's awesome. It just really cracks me up. I don't know why. And did I just offend everybody in the room? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh yeah, I was. I used to live in uh, in Alameda, California, and there's a par- uh, park in Berkeley that has a ah. huge pet uh, uh, pet area, and LARPers go there every weekend. Uh-huh. And like they they show up. Like, they, there's people dressed up like like they're straight going like they're walking off the set of uh, of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, exactly. They've got trebuchets and whatnot. <laughs> I mean, they they get into it. It's so epic. It's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, with uh, with what we've been seeing with you know geek culture as it is, you know, where do you see uh, where, what do you see in the future? What do you think? Uh, what do you think is going to be the next uh, the next big thing, or what do you think is going to start taking off soon? Oh, you know, I, I think um, I don't know, Joe. Do you, do you have any uh, 
I don't know. I think a lot of things are changing, especially like in the media, the way that like, you know, and of course I'm going to come up from this angle because I write for young adults, but so many young adult books and books for kids are becoming movies. And I think that's had a huge impact on, um, on the geek culture and how kids, you know, what they identify with. Um, so the more and more, it seems like more and more movies are based on books. And um, so I'm seeing more of that. I think that's what helps be, make it become mainstream. I mean, people who've never picked up a comic book in their life, they know who Batman is. They know who all the main dudes are because of TV and because of movies. And I think the more the media is doing that as a mainstream thing, I don't know. And, and you know what? At what point? At some point, there's going to have to be a whole crop of new, like, you know, Jonathan was saying, the geeks growing up, you know, they're going to be the, tomorrow's writers and be creating stuff. There's going to be new superheroes, new New geek things will be born as we go, I think, because it is more mainstream and more people are kind of into that sort of fantasy world and creating things. I don't know. That's what I think. I mean, no, that's a good point because, you know, just like, you know, someone made this comparison, the uh, Batman animated series and the X-Men and the Spider-Man cartoons from the 90s has really kind of pushed and spawned, you know, the people that are heading, you know, these movies and, you know, the Batman movie uh, Avengers and, and so forth. You know, I can just imagine what the next level is going to be. You know, the kids that are growing up now seeing these. You know, what's going to happen next? You know, what's their progress? What's their yeah. progression? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. the generation that's doing this now are the ones that uh, you know were the generation that grew up with Transformers, the TV. Oh yeah, right. GI Joe, which is you know they're all you know basically half an hour long commercials. You know, designed toy commercials. To, yeah, yeah, to sell <laughs> yeah. Toy <laughs> right, toys. right. So, right, right. you know, now, you know, the, that generation is now in their 30s and is now creating the content that's being shown to children now, and they're even bigger, more flashy commercials yeah. for toys. What are they going to do next <laughs> to you, next generation? Yeah, how are they going to top that? Right, exactly. Just put toys in everyone's hands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a skip well, the commercial. They're just going to be like, here we go. Here we go. We just need some really good, solid cartoons. Unfortunately, I think cartoons have lost that magic. Every once in a while we well, get something, but it's like so far in between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, so, all right. Oh, no, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think, you know, I think DC has got some interesting stuff happening. You know, for a while they just couldn't get any any traction, and Marvel was just kicking their butt as far as, you know, uh, the media. Um, but Arrow, I mean, you know, you look at Smallville, you look at Arrow, you got Flash, the Flash coming up. Um, yeah, Flash is coming out soon. They're yeah. starting to... They're, yeah, so they're starting to build this little universe that's kind of gathering, you know, not, not only but you got Batman versus Superman coming up as well. Um, you've got this thing building that, that would be kind of interesting to see. But I also think you're, you're going to find, I think, a trend more towards low-key superheroes because um, we've been, everything's been bombastic and, and crazy and awesome. But, you know... Uh, you're going to see more interest in things like Daredevil and things like and superheroes like that because they present and, and they still give you the superhero mythos, but they, it's sort of a lower key uh, way because you know every, we've got so many big things, you know we got special effects, everything's just crazy, and so you're, I think you're mm-hmm. going to see this trend to a little more low key, a little more, a little more subtlety. Well, I mean, they have, let's see, uh, Constantine coming out as a TV series. Um, Ant-Man the movie. Yes, I mean, that will be uh, pretty good. Uh, We're going to see a Gotham TV series, so I don't know how they're... I think that's a a much younger Bruce Wayne before he becomes Batman or something. Uh, Yes. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, And you're right, I think DC 
knows what they're doing with the TV series and, and their animated cartoons. A little lost maybe on the movie thing right now, but you know that's where Marvel shines, and they're not too good on the TV shows. No. So yeah. <laughs> no, I I hate Agents of Shield. It just bothers Yay! me. Yay! I can't. I can't <laughs> Another do it. one. Just, yeah, the first I try. I watched like the first two episodes, and I'm like, what is this crap? This is crap. And I love Agent Coulson, right? And I thought he would yeah. be enough that I could watch it. No, no, no. I can't get. Denied. I get. I no. Can't do it. <laughs> yeah, he's the main I reason I even I watch it. <laughs> yeah, I still wanted to watch it. I did, but no. Mm-hmm. I, I've been watching every episode just so I can say I have and kind of report on it. And oh my gosh, the, the previews for it were so awesome. He it was like, uh, "Did you hear about Agent Coulson?" I'm like, "Yeah, I hear he's dead." No, he's not dead. Well, I'm at fifth level, or I'm at fourth level. Uh, I should know everything. Welcome to level five. And it's like, oh, awesome! And then level they seven. Of, level seven. Yeah. And then they cut back. And he's like, yeah. yeah, I was here the whole time. I just the, the, they had the lights out over here. Yeah. I just I just thought it'd be cool if I. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like, oh, if it, if it has that wit and that humor to it, that'd be awesome. But no, that yes. was the last. Well, no, the the first episode it was, was totally good. Was. You're right. You're I right. mean, if they could have yeah. kept that momentum and that. As the whole series, it would be amazing. But it, the second episode just was a gigantic letdown, and they've just never oh, really completely. picked up. And, you know, I've I've watched every episode. Like I said, they're trying to introduce other characters. I mean, they're trying to introduce Deathlock and and some other minor characters. But it's just it. I don't see them saving this series. And that, that was the other thing that made me so excited about it. It was supposed to be like kind of the connecting point, uh, the the, pu- the connecting puzzle piece between each movie and the new series that are coming out on Netflix. But yeah, no. oh, can I tell you guys how excited I am about the Daredevil series? I cannot wait. I'm nice. Beyond excited about that. Yeah. Daredevil think, Daredevil really I, needs to be a, a series. Mm-hmm. It does. It needs to be TV. And I think, um, you know, uh, an Arrow. I don't know if you guys watch Arrow, but I love oh, yeah. that show. I love I'm, that. I, I love that show. I actually watched the whole thing. I never, uh, season two yeah. is just even better than the first season, and and I did. You it know. really is. Yeah, and, and I, I didn't know how in the world they were going to get better. I, I was like, yeah. how are they going to get better than season one? But they've done it. I mean, I, I was a fan of Smallville. I have. Uh, I'll admit, I have all ten seasons on DVD on my shelf, but. Uh, it was really tough. I, the whole I, I'm so glad they finally got away from the meteor rocks. It's like, oh my gosh, come on, quit beating this dead horse. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the storyline kind of wavered a few times. You could definitely tell when it was a filler episode and not. But Arrow, I, it does it doesn't have that feeling. It's like every <clears throat> episode you're on the edge and you're like, oh my gosh, what's going on next? So it, yeah. It's great. That's yeah, oh yeah. totally hot, oh yeah. so that's why I watch it. <laughs> Everyone, I, I'm sure every woman out there that watches it loves it. Every time you see Ar- you know, Arthur with no shirt on, or all of all of her with no shirt on, yeah. exactly. It's like all of her. It's got to happen in every episode. He's I mean, seriously, it's almost every episode. He has no shirt. Well, duh. Like, Come on. You know, yeah. Let alone he's on that that weird Iron Man thing where he's holding on the bar and he's flipping it up to the next thing. Yeah. Uh, I love right. that. Yeah. Hey, there it is. <laughs> Wait, we should have, a, we should have a drinking game. Yeah. yeah. Arrow drinking game. <laughs> Every time Oliver takes a shirt off, take a shot. Yep. <laughs> I get right. so wasted right. so fast. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> he doesn't shoot arrows as much. Doesn't shoot a lot. No, no not, not as much as his abs. first season. He was killing everyone left okay. and right. Now I, he's right, right. I love that though. I love that about him. I hate oh. he made Batman look like a wuss. He did. He would just take the dude out. I mean, yeah. come on, that's what you should yeah. do. I well, love it. And they really had to go up the ante on that because uh, it, as far as at least in the car, the comic books and we've we've seen in the cartoon, Green Arrow's kind of been a bit of a joke. You know, and so I yeah. like how they've upped the ante with them, and he, he is kind of a badass in yeah, this. He is. I love it. Oh, he totally is. He, well, and the new and the new Fifty Two right now, it, they're kind of taking the same vein, and he, you know, and and some of his old, you know, the old stuff, especially in the seventies with uh, when they did the Green Lantern, Green Arrow series, he yeah. was kind of kind of a badass. I mean, he really was. So it's kind of going back to that seventies uh, Green Arrow, which is awesome. Yeah, because they've kind of done the the, the Flash tie-in, because they're going to be doing the Flash TV series, they totally need to have Hal Jordan to show up. He doesn't have to have the ring on, oh, doesn't have to please. be in the outfit, yes. but just, you know, the bomber jacket and just kind of say, you know, I, you know I, I'm Hal Jordan. I'm here to talk to you about our contract yeah. with Ferris Air. Yeah, okay, you know, I'm Because they've already mentioned <laughs> Ferris Air is a, is a, an, a plane flying over in a flashback. I mean, totally. Mm-hmm. They, they need to tie that in. Yep. No reason not Completely, oh. and I, you know, I think my brain would just fry if that happened. Because I hated oh, yeah. the Green Lantern movie. I hated it. Ugh, awful. I, I find this funny. <laughs> yeah. He hates the Green Lantern, <laughs> but he, likes but he loves Daredevil. <laughs> okay. I liked the Green Lantern <laughs> movie, but you know, yeah, that's okay. okay. I would have to say I like the. Uh... Been... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, it could have been it better. Been yeah. Good. yeah. Yeah, it could have been better. No, it could have I mean, been amazing. Elements for that. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't mind Ryan Reynolds. I thought he was fine as Hal Jordan. It's just it, it was <laughs> they tried to put like four or five plot lines. You had four or five screenwriters screenwriters on that movie, and that's just yeah. never fun. It's just not. It's not good. No. What yeah, it no. probably was is they realized they were only going to be able to get the one movie out, but they wanted to do a trilogy, so they just decided to do all three movies as one. No. Yeah, I think that's exactly. I, yeah. I could never could actually sit through an entire screening of Green Lantern. I just I either fall asleep or I just get so bored I put something else on. Daredevil at least had me sitting in my seat all the way to the credits. So I will mm-hmm. I will give uh, Ben Affleck credit for that. Well, I couldn't say that yeah. for Daredevil, honestly. I just you know, Jennifer Aniston came on and I'm like, No, okay, I'm kinda done now. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the, kind of throw the question out there because I'm I'm assuming both of you have seen uh, Man of Steel, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Correct. Okay. Uh-oh, so here we go. your Uh-oh. opinion <laughs> of <laughs> Superman <laughs> killing we've had, God? Yes. We, spoilers. We've had arguments. Oh. We've had arguments about this, Bill yeah. and I. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm sure uh, everyone I like has. Man, I I like Man of Steel. Uh, okay. Quite a bit. It's not a perfect movie by any means. Better than Superman Returns by far. Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, like leap years beyond. <laughs> yeah. As far as him killing Zod, I mean, you know, um, it was good to dirty up uh, Superman a little bit because if you don't no, do agree. that, he's kind of he's kind of uninteresting. You know, it's sort of yeah. he's he's sort of a Boy Scout who can do anything, and and that's a challenge for any writer as a character. You got to flaw him up a little bit, and he had to. It was a tragic choice, right? He's like, here's yeah. the last of my people that I have to kill to save these people. 
who have fostered me all my whole life. I mean, it was, it was, I thought it was a brilliant moment of, and there's going to be some repercussions for him probably. Um, yeah. Oh, I, know, love I thought it was, I thought it was good. Yeah. Well, uh, the and thing let, I we'll like, we'll let Joe speak. <laughs> okay, no, I just was so bored through most of it. The only thing that I thought was good, I loved the flashback idea. I wish they'd done more with that, like showing his emerging powers. I was like, that is a cool yeah. concept. I liked that. I wish there was a little more of that. Um, but it just started to feel like Avatar meets, I don't know. I don't know. The whole Krypton world oh, thing. I, was, I hated that. <laughs> I hated that. It was so lame. And then, but okay, so the flashback things were cool. There were a couple of things. It's not like I hated it, but I, I left feeling like, fail. I don't know why. If he had not been so good looking, I would have walked out in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Again. So I'm, I'm starting to get a, the a shirt off. Yes. 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 As long as exactly. the guy with no Henry shirt and, shirt off. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, well, but then, you know, on the other hand, I will watch an ugly man if it's a good story. So. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I have to say if about Henry Cavill. It's a bad story. This guy's going to be hot. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. Yeah. When you have Henry exactly. Cavill with his shirt off, he looked more buff than the guys on 300. I mean. Uh. Oh my goodness yeah. gracious! Yeah, that that works for me. But yeah, the story itself. And I'm like, how many endings does this have? And then when he like decimates the city, and then they're like, he saved us all. I'm like, ah, oh, except for that hundred thousand people who just died horribly, crushed in a building. I don't know. It's just stupid. I'm but, sorry. But here's and my all- point. Here's no. Here's my point in all this, though. We, you know, of course you've got you've got uh, Kryptonians fighting on Earth. Of course, there's going to be destruction. It has to be that way. There's just no yeah. other choice. And so, so was that the you best know, choice uh, for the movie, right? Like, for his Origins movie. Really? We're going to jump to Zod and, like, world, world domination right now and kill a million people? I think it was a mistake. Maybe in a sequel, get to that. But that was, ooh, and I hated the way he met Lois Lane in the cave with the alien ship. And I, I was like, wow, that is so dumb. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> I loved how fast he learned who he was. That was um, my favorite part. Like, you know what? <laughs> so dumb. Okay. Out of a paper bag, either. I just can't stand her. <laughs> I am so glad that our arguments sound almost identical to your guys's. <laughs> we did. We totally, we totally had this argument before, and that's that's what's yeah. hilarious about it. Because Joe, Joe and I share the same agent and uh, book agent, and so um, we were talking about some things, and somehow we got the Man of Steel, and it was just like this long argument. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah very nice <laughs> awesome so we, we are not alone in the geek universe no no no. No. no it was it was a fun movie it was good but it really depends on your point of view some people aren't fans of it others yeah that was pretty good others are yeah i can't I believe he did that to superman i superman still think movie. kevin costner should have done something a little bit different with pa kent because I, I still like your yeah, your one comment yeah. where he holds his hand up. You know, we were talking about it. We, we you know we were talking about that one scene. And, and Flagoon here goes, yeah, that's when uh, he was just like, okay, you can't he, pay me anymore. His contract's up. <laughs> <laughs> they can't pay me anymore. Right, right, this is my right. sign up. <laughs> no, don't save me. They they got rid of my trailer. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. The food sucks. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, off, I'm, off I'm out of here. <laughs> Craft service fail. Yep. 
Uh, all right. So uh, for uh, any, so for any new, uh, so any of our listeners who are going to be new to Geek Goes Rogue, how, how are they going to be able to find you, and where are you going to be next? Um, well, Geek Goes Rogue. Uh, both Joe and I have website. Both have uh, writer websites, um, and I, I have a book coming out, or I have a book that's out already. Um, okay. Called Free Gates of the Dead, um, and you can get that on just about any book outlet anywhere. Um, and then uh, Geekos Rogue is on Pathios.com uh, in the entertainment section. So if you uh, if you Google us, Geekos Rogue, we're the first thing that comes up. Um, as far as where we're going with the blog, we're right now we're working on our own podcast. Although um, it's been hard getting us all together because we have uh, three other writers and uh, we have a producer guy who's working with us, and all of our schedules are kind of nuts right now. So um, I understand that one. And yeah, and then I mean, Joe's jo got she's got a book uh, being shopped by our agent right now, and that's really good. Nice. I've read it. Um, it's called Badlands, and it's pretty amazing actually. So, um, sorry, Joe, I just stole your thunder to talk about your own book. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. Right. Yeah. So, um, so as far as the blog goes, I think you know we we kind of. You know, I named it Geek Goes Rogue because I wanted it to be flexible. I, didn't, I mean, we're talking about geek stuff, but then, like I said, we just interviewed Kirk Cameron, so which was totally random on how that happened. But um, we're the only blog in the world that's interviewed Kirk Cameron and Vera Firminga. So you know, that's our <laughs> claim to fame. So cool. And and Joe's coming and Joe's coming up with some great Hollywood stories as we go along. Um, she did a feature on Iron Man that eventually I need to post soon because um, Clark Clark worked on that film and so uh, we just got buried in uh, a bunch of different coverages but that, which it'll go up eventually but she's going to be posting stuff um, about Hollywood and some of her life in Hollywood and that sort of thing nice awesome alright thank you yeah so if you go to well, pathios.com go to the entertainment section you'll find us yeah and you know just doing a Google search for Geek Goes Rogue, yep, right it comes there. right up. It, it is not that yeah. difficult. It, you know, Google, Bing, Yahoo, every search engine out there, you put that in there, it immediately comes up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, they're very easy to find. Uh, and the articles are fun to read. Mm-hmm. So, um, Oh, thanks. They yeah. Definitely, com- looking at some of ours, we, we need to upgrade some of our <laughs> writing. But that's okay. So, uh, well, we've, got, and then, you know, we've, got, we've got a lot of talented writers. And you know, yeah. we've got Alan, who's the, our co-editor, and, and Melody and Zach. Um, and Zach's kind of our TV guy. And so, and then, and then there's Joe and I. It's, it's, it's been pretty great to find all these people who can really write and are geeks. And so yeah. it's, it's been fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and it, you, know, you guys can divvy it out uh, you know, between all of you. And so sometimes it's not as easy since it's just us, but that's okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. But you know, uh, you know, as your books come out, you know, keep us in mind. Let us know. We'd love to have you back on at any time. Uh, you know, if you want, when your podcast gets ready to go, let us know. We'll, we'll definitely bring you on. You can talk about that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just one thing we like to do is you know push and help other geek groups or podcasts or uh, artists, authors, and so on. So nice. Um, oh, yeah. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Welcome. Any uh, last-minute questions or anything else? Or I, I guess we didn't give Joe. Uh, 
We didn't give Joe a, a chance to pimp her stuff other than, well, Jonathan kind of wrote her book. He, he summed it up. It's all good. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, and, you know, you'll hear about it if something awesome happens. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Some random guy that stakes through the heart yep. in an alleyway. <laughs> we you'll know. know. <laughs> you'll know who it was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Awesome. Thank uh, you all for right. joining us. Well, we thank really you for, for coming on this again. evening. Great. And, thanks for having us. You know, uh, hey, guys, stay in touch. Thanks so much. It was fun. We appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, no, it, it was lots of fun. It's always fun to talk to some fellow geeks and that understand oh. our jokes. <laughs> I, you know, nothing <laughs> against some authors, but there's sometimes we've got authors on the show where we're talking to them, we're trying to crack jokes with them, make it fun. Oh, my gosh. And uh, it's like watching paint pit <laughs> off the wall. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes writers can be super focused on what, you know, and it's, it's yeah. we're kind of a weird group of people, so, you know, yeah. I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Well, once again, uh, Jonathan and Joe from Geeks Go Rogue, uh, thank you again for your time this evening. All right. Thanks. Hey, Have thanks, a great evening. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. you too. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 All right, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Joe Schaefer, Jonathan Ryan from Geek Goes Rogue, everyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There we go. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> my applause. No, that was a really fun interview. Mm-hmm. I mean, good people. It, it was entertaining. It was great. I mean, there. Yeah. You know, it, it was just fun. Uh, compared to last week, we needed that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, well, uh, compared to last week, we needed to be heard. Yeah, yeah, last week yeah. we just needed the bandwidth. I think that was our biggest problem. No, that that was that was the problem. Um, again, for those that were listening to last week's show, we were doing it live from LTUE. We were on the hotel's Wi-Fi, and, Le- and let's face it, there hotel were hotel Wi-Fi. We really there were thirteen hundred people pulling from the same Wi-Fi. It affected us badly. Yeah. Um, it's not. I, I hate to say this, but it's probably not our best episode. Just because of that technical issue and some other issues. Yeah, well, if you said it had my best voice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Chris, the intern, had laryngitis and he sounded like the movie guy. And then Joe and I both had to leave halfway through, so that kind of killed the dynamic. However, I do have to say, LTE was awesome for. We we made some great connections. You know, we met Joe uh, that we interviewed this evening. Uh, we talked was, to several a, other authors. It was it a was. great convention. It had such a great feel to it. Yeah, All everything the, actually ran smooth. No, yeah. it did. You know, we sat on really good panels. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were able. We got a lot of attention from people, new people. But my favorite moment has to be uh, my son going in and haggling Carter Reed down on his prices <laughs> and getting a seven dollar item for four fifty. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Awesome. I mean, he seriously walks in there and he walks in. He's like, "I want to get this." He's like, "All right, seven bucks." He's like, "I got four fifty. And he's like, "I mean, he stuck to his guns. Four fifty. It's every penny I got. I want to buy this. Four fifty. Carter sold it to him for four fifty. I mean, awesome. You know, I should have gone back there and like, "Yeah, hey, I want to get this. That's seven dollars. You gave it to another kid for four fifty. I know. I'll, I'll, I'll do you. I'll do you a solid. I'll give you four fifty one. Oh, there you go. Now, I mean, he. In the pot. I mean, he's like, it's every penny I have, and I want this zombie notebook. I yeah, Carter. I went back and talked to him. He's like, I just couldn't say no. I mean, he was just. It was like, 
this was this kid's last penny. I was taking every penny of his. How can I say no? <laughs> it was awesome. But, uh, yeah, for those of you, uh, Zombie Nation, uh, Carter Reed does a great webcomic out there. He does tons of other stuff. Uh, so check out Zombie Nation uh, and, you know, support him. It, it, it's awesome. Local artists. Uh, we also will be pushing out over this next week those interviews we got from L2E. Uh, we got a great interview with uh, Larry Correa, oh, yes. Michael Brent Collings, yep. Steve Diamond. Yes. An amazing one with Paul Janess when yes. he did a, a, a reading. Oh, he did his reading. Uh, we had a, oh. yeah, we that had was a, what convinced me that he needs to, he needs yeah. to write my death. Your death. Uh, we also Anytime had a, he reads, I'm like, Swoon. We had a really fun interview with Amber Argyle and Jessica Day George. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, John Brown, uh, we caught up with him. It's been a while since we've interviewed yeah, him. Yeah, a long time ago. Uh, his, the next book's finally coming out. Mm-hmm. He's gone indie, and he's re, uh, published his first book, and he's reformatted it. So as he put it, you know, the beginning of his book, it previously with Tor started with a boy with his pants being... Boy loses pants. pants at two, uh, boy kills God yeah, or something. Yeah, boy kills guy. You know, so the tone is completely different, and then the sequel is coming out. So uh, check out you know the website. Look for those. They'll be they'll be rolling out here throughout the next week. And then of course come to Epic Puzzles and Games. Why? Because we're there. We're there, and Ed, we will be here we, for the twenty four hour game thon up, uh, Bring up Audible. Uh, yeah. So Audible. Uh, you like free books? Well, check it out. Uh, go to our website. DungeonCrawlersRadio.com. Click on the audio link. Sign up for the free 30-day trial. You get a free audio book. No questions asked. You don't have to, st- you know, if you join for a day, decide to quit, hey, that audio book's yours. You still get to listen to it. But if you decide to stay on, you know, it, they have different packages. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is worth it. But it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at this point in my life, I don't, I don't have time to read books. But the audio books, I just turn it on, drive to work. I'm buzzing through audio books at least one once a week or every week and a half. That's so, good listening. Yeah, and it it's great, it, and they do a good job. Um, so check that out. As always, tune in next week. Uh, we will be here Thursday um, with Roy C. Booth. Booth. Yep. We'll be talking, and then the week after that, we'll have some more. Uh, and uh, we got to get out of here because you got sixty seconds. Always uh, make sure to check out our archives on iTunes or Stitcher or Block Talk or just our website. That's right. Facebook, uh, Twitter, yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus. Check them all out. The YouTube channel. Yeah, the YouTubes. So uh, special thanks to MB Design Studio for taking care of all of our logo work. If you need anything, just contact Dave at MB Design Studios. Look them up on Facebook. Get a banner or something. Buy stuff from them. So uh, I guess that's it. Being said, until next time. Good night, Salt Lake. Good night, world. And as always, please, please, please get more from your games. You're still here. It's over. Go home. Go. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll just go. Jeez. <laughs>